Army veteran Brent Bowers is helping people generate passive income through vacant land. The Land Sharks is coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. All veterans deserve a big thanks on Veterans Day. And at Navy Federal Credit Union, every day is Veterans Day. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash veterans. Okay, today we're talking with Army veteran Brent Bowers from the Land Sharks, talking about buying vacant land, which is cool. I've had uh, some folks on the show a year or two ago um, doing similar things. It's an interesting concept. Looking forward to talking about that. But Brent, take us back and tell us what you did in the Army first. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Joe. So what did I do in the Army? Uh, I was enlisted first. Uh, I went and enlisted as a, a uh, E2 and got promoted in basic um, and then hit E5 by two and a half years, uh, sergeant. And I was a communications uh, specialist and turned into a communications NCO. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite part about that was just making sure all the trucks could communicate when we're rolling out the wire. Uh, it was every time like we would get there two hours before, before, you know, mission would start and it would be like a uh, you know, my adrenaline would start pumping because no one's radios worked, no one's BFTs worked, nothing worked. And I got, I got to fix it. I got to be the superhero. Yeah. That's awesome. Check, check, check. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> As old adage, calm always sucks. Well, you hope it, it always you hope sucks, it man. <laughs> it never works when it needs to. And then I was like, I got to get the heck out of this communications world. Everyone's always screaming at me. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I, I was like, I'm going to be an officer. Um, I'm tired of these officers telling me what to do. So I'm going to be one of them. Uh, so the army selected me for the active duty green and gold, sent me to college. Um, I had to apply for it a couple of years, first couple of times they denied me. Uh-huh. Um, and then I get out and I'm, I'm in, I'm now a quartermaster. I didn't really do much with supply, but it's a lot of transportation stuff and logistics and you know, what's, who's going to sleep where, how we're going to get places. Um, but I'll tell you what, as a second Lieutenant, that was no better. I would, I wish I just stayed uh, NCO in comms world. Cause that was a way better world than, than being a second Lieutenant in logistics. So I got to see kind of two different sides, which is a very small portion of the military, but mm-hmm. it was a blast. Such wow. a great time. That's awesome. Well talk about what you, you know, your transition when you got out, uh, you, were you looking to go straight into entrepreneurship or did you have much of a plan? Heck yeah. I was already an entrepreneur. So uh, in 2007, uh, right before I joined the military, I had just got my real estate license and I bought a rental property. And then everyone knows what happened in 2008. The housing market crashed. I was sucking wind. Um, I was like wearing out a pair of shoes a month by door knocking, trying to drum up business. And ultimately I was driving people around in my car to find rental properties. And I was lucky if they even rented a property. And I, I was very lucky to even make $300 in a week. And I probably spent that much in gas. So mm-hmm. I was like, I got to do something different. Um, I'm 24 years old, have a rental property, used to have a business, have a real estate license, and I could barely pay my bills. So I need to go back to school and, you know, tried to join the Air Force. They wouldn't let me in uh, just because of what I'd, I got in trouble when I was 18 years old fighting. Um, and who'd have thunk the military doesn't want anybody that fights, but <laughs> Well, Air Force did in anyways. Right. And luckily, 
I'm coachable. And the Air Force recruiter was kind enough to say, go next door to the Army. They'll take anybody. So <laughs> I did. I went right next door. It was in basic training a couple months later. Um, but as far as what was it like to exit ETS, transition out, um, it, it was basically the eight and a half years I did. I had a great time. Um, and, you know, you said the good, bad, and the ugly. I, I lost my first wife on my second deployment. She moved in with another man. She was tired of me being gone, training, deployed all the time. We were back-to-back deployments. Um, but I met the woman of my dreams now. We're still married. We have three amazing kids. Um, but we we had our first baby, and it was time for me to get out. I, I, I wanted to be home more often. Everyone's like, dude, do 20 years. You got to retire. And I was I'm one of those guys, you know how they put the horse blinders on because they want them to look straight. Mm -hmm. I'm like a horse. And when I get something in my mind, I'm doing it. So there was no question. I was like, I'm getting the heck out of the military. Um, Not because the military was bad, just because I wanted to change. I wanted to be home with my children, home with my wife. And that fear was in the back of my mind. Another one's going to leave me type thing. Um, And I want that happening again. So I was already an entrepreneur. um, So I, I found... Uh, a niche in real estate called land. And I was flipping land uh, during my off time, like my hour lunch break. And I would get up like 4am in the morning before I had to be at PT and do land deals. And I was already making nine, $10,000 a month passive income from land. So it was a no brainer. I was like, I got to get the heck out. And that was my main thing. I wanted to cover my expenses. I didn't want to be sleeping under the bridge when I got out. And I think that's a lot of fear for a lot of people. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to get, going to get insurance? And I'd love to share how, how we did all that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to hear the story. So first of all, how did you discover uh, buying vacant land, flipping vacant land was actually a lucrative deal? Yeah. So I was already uh, like, I, like I said, I bought that first rental house in 2007, came back from Afghanistan in 2011. Um, and my first renter trashed the heck out of the place. So I spent all my deployment money working on this house and we were in Germany should have been traveling on the year we came back and I didn't have the funds to, cause it all went to the rental property. So I was learning uh, the school of hard knocks, but learned valuable lessons about how to be a good landlord. Um, so the rental properties um, I, and I kept, when I got back to the States in 2013, I bought another one and I bought another one. Cause like they kept appraising and appreciating um, I should say appreciating in value. So I would pull out money and buy another property. Well, after about the third property, I was flat broke, Joe. I mean, I was like, my Amex is, my American Express is maxed out. My Home Depot car is maxed out, but I got a couple nice rentals, but I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was like, okay, maybe I can wholesale a house. I got the house under contract for really cheap and then sold my contract. Did a couple of those, hired a coach. Uh, His name is Tom Kroll with Wholesaling Inc., which I now have the honor to be a coach with Wholesaling Inc., their land coach. But the houses were just not not doing it for me. I was on base at 6 a.m. at PT and usually leaving by 6 or 7 p.m. So I was really only working a half day from 6 to 6, right? (laughs) Um, But there wasn't a lot of time to meet homeowners and look at the house and figure out what it needed. I would zoom out of the, the gate speeding through post, which I don't recommend anybody do that to go meet a seller. And if I didn't get the contract in that 10 minutes I had with them, I wasn't getting it. But land, I heard on a podcast, I was searching for answers. I was like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And I heard about a guy on a podcast and I was just blown away. He was talking about, he's buying land at these crazy discounts at like five, 10, 20 cents on the dollar. 
and flipping this stuff overnight and making, you know, making an absolute fortune. Like he's forexing his money. So if he's buying it for $500, he's literally making like $2,000 the next day. And I was like, that's some quick, fast money. Um, so I started mailing the vacant land that was behind on taxes. And I mailed 687 postcards, got about 80 phone calls, only had time to return about 20 of them and bought two parcels of land and sold it within 30 days. And each one of those made me a profit of about $4,500 each. So I was like, this has got to be too good to be true. And I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then I started seller financing them. And before I knew it, I had like eight or nine grand a month coming in. And I had about what, and I had already gotten the, the approval to be released from the military. I only had about a year left and I just kept building on it. And that's what gave me the, the confidence and the courage to get the heck out. Cause I was scared just like everyone getting out. Yeah. But, but you had, you had a lot of momentum going into your EAS. Yes. Um, you'd already had income coming in before you got out, which is the ideal situation. Probably still a little unnerving that you're now <laughs> completely on your own. You're not going to have that steady paycheck coming in. Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell the listener something else. I was scared. I was nervous as heck. Um, even with those funds coming in, because I thought this is not going to keep going. This is not going to keep happening. So I was able to, uh, do what they call the internship program. The army, the military, they have a great transition program, utilize all those services. And if you're not tracking the, the military, I know for sure the army allowed me to do a three month internship a three-month internship. And I went all the way back to Florida and started actually interning for Wholesaling Inc. Um, so we had to do some paperwork. It wasn't easy, but nothing in life that's worth it is ever easy. But that three months gave me the, the time that I needed to transition to, to like actually get some systems in place. And I'll tell you that first month of that, of that internship, like I was a basket case. My wife probably didn't want to be around me. Cause I was like, I was like driven. I was like, still, you know, almost as if I was still on a deployment, but after 30 days of that, yeah. I took a breath. I was like, okay, this is, this is totally doable. Um, because the one thing about the military is they take care of everything, your housing, your insurance, your medical, your teeth, your hearing, you don't have to worry about anything. You're told what to do, told what to wear. And when we get out on our own, like it's almost like we were a little institutionalized and I, and I hate to paint the bad picture, but it's almost like, you know, when you hear that word, you think of someone in prison and I, I'm not comparing the military to prison, but we're told what to do, what to do, what to think sometimes. Um, so it was, I was becoming my own, uh, own person again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that is kind of a unknown or untalked about part of the transition process is going back to, becoming a civilian again, which means not all those decisions are made for you anymore. And ironically is a lot of us get out of the military because we want to go start making our own decisions again. And we want to be told what to do all the time, but we take a lot of those decisions that are made for us that we don't like making for ourselves. We take a lot of that for granted and you get out of the military and oh, all yeah. of a sudden you're just pummeled with um, all sorts, you know, too many choices really. Um, and it, it takes up a lot of time, really. It takes a lot of bandwidth dealing with all those things that were just, a given when you're in the military. Yeah. So true. I mean, it's like the, the whole fact of you got to come here and do PT at 6am. Well, I fell out of that the first year out of the military. I didn't work out. I didn't run and walk. 
I'm back in that regiment again. And I feel great. Like mm-hmm. every morning I, when the, when the kids walk out the door with mom uh, to, to go to school, like I have my running shoes on already and I go to the gym and I get that time because I took it for granted in the military mm-hmm. as a, as an officer, as an NCO, there was always something that needed to be done, but I always forgot like the PT time was the only t- actual me time. And I would neglect it and like try and get some work done, try and fix this computer, trying, you know, get this, these NCOERs written Mm -hmm. and I screwed myself. And now it's like, it's all coming back to light. Like, so the military was great. Like, you know, give, give me all this, like, you know, training and and things that carry with me uh, through life. And I'll tell you uh, business and, and I'm sure you probably veterans on the move. I'm sure that you got some business entrepreneurship and you probably have some people that took those high level paying jobs with the, the secret clearances, you know, there is nothing in business that is hard as some of the military training, like being in war and combat, like people don't get killed in business. Right. Like you're not going to make a life or death decision. It's only money. And, yep. you know, that threshold of comfort is expanded. It's like you're going from, you know, skiing the little bunny slopes to the triple black diamonds. Like you get <laughs> used to those black diamonds and you go to the bunny slopes. So the black diamonds are military, the bunny slopes are business. Yeah. And there's that interesting concept of military folks are not necessarily military folks accept the fact that they put their life, they may put their life on their line at some point, but they don't like putting their money on the line. When you go into yeah. the civilian world, civilians are used to civilians are used to putting their money on the line, but are not very comfortable with the concept of putting their life on the line. It's kind of an interesting so paradox. True. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll, we'll be right back. So hold on. I've been a Navy federal credit union member for over 31 years. Back in 1990, during my first few weeks of active duty, One of my fellow Marines told me I had to become a member of Navy Federal because they know and understand the military. So I did. And 31 years later, I still have that exact same account. We also now have all of our business accounts with Navy Federal. In honor of Veterans Day, Navy Federal thanks veterans in a meaningful way. They offer resources like Best Careers After Service, Best Cities After Service. They're a top VA home lender. They offer veteran employment assistance partnerships with nonprofits like U.S. Vets. They get the military. At Navy Federal, every day is Veterans Day. You can learn more at NavyFederal.org veterans. That's NavyFederal.org veterans. Insured by NCUA, an equal housing lender. All right, back to with the Army veteran Brent Bowers from the Land Sharks. Okay, I want to go back to the concept of buying vacant land or flipping vacant land. Talk us through the basics, the nuts and bolts of how that process works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's give the, let's give the listeners a, a way to make some money right now with land. Um, so I'll, I'm going to, I'll give it, give it all out. I'm going to talk to you about my first deal. I, I talked about uh, how I sent a postcard uh, to to an actual list of people and that list of people were behind on their taxes. Um, and is it okay? I'll give some, I'll give some links out to where they can get that exact postcard that I sent, get the list, everything. And we could, we could walk people through how to do a land deal today. If that's all right, Joe. Absolutely. You, you can say what the links are. You, you can send okay. it to me. We'll put them in the show notes also. For- awesome. Awesome. So the first, the first property um, I I've sent out that, that postcard and I'm going to give you the postcard right now to all your listeners. 
Um, it, it simply said like, Hey, uh, Joe, I'd like to buy your land on Mulberry street. If you're interested in an all cash fair offer, call me. Um, and let's, let's talk and say, God bless Brent. Uh, so that if, if the listeners want that exact postcard, it's, uh, the land they can go to www.com or www.thelandsharks.com forward slash postcard. That's the landsharks.com forward slash postcard. That's the exact postcard I sent to get my phone ringing like crazy. How in the world did I get this tax delinquent list? I called the county treasurer. The county treasurer is in charge of making sure people pay their property taxes. And I asked them, I said, hey, I like a list of people behind on their taxes for the property, the property taxes. And a common thing that the county treasurers like to say is, oh, that list doesn't come out until October or September. You don't care when the list comes out. You can get last year's list because the reason why they think you want that list is you want to pay the back taxes and make a return on your your, your money. And that's a whole nother subject. I'm going to get into all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do that, by the way. But you don't care about buying those tax those tax liens, you care about what properties are behind because you want to get a letter to them, this postcard I just offered, to offer to buy that land before they before they lose it, before they lose it and don't get a penny for it. So you get that list from the county treasurer and then you mail the postcard. So I, that's exactly what I did. And a seller called me and he said, hey, you know, I'm a retired CPA. I'd like to sell this land. I traded for it like several years ago. I'm behind on my taxes. Uh, I'm tired of paying the taxes. He said, I'll take $285 and I almost dropped the phone. I'm like, $285, where's the catch? Yeah. And I said, what's the catch? He goes, well, it's not buildable. And I said, okay, well, tell me where it's at. So he told me where it was at. And I said, it's okay if I drive there this weekend. So I looked at it, me and my wife and our brand new newborn baby, uh, we drove to it and it was just magnificent land. It's overlooking the Pike National Forest in Colorado, I stationed at Fort Carson at the time. So it was maybe an hour and a half drive. Um, but long story short, I didn't know what it was worth and I knew it was not buildable. So being novice, like we're leaving and it's as if God himself planted a real estate office for me to call. Cause there was one at the bottom of the hill, not even a mile from this property. So I called the realtor and I said, Hey, I've got, I got this lot. It's on Lake Avenue in Palmer Lake. Um, I don't know what it's worth. I'm about to buy it. I want to know what you would list it for me. Like what would be the 30 day blowout price? Like I want to get it done now price. Like I don't want to wait. I need to get my money back quick because $285 Joe was a lot for me at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say it. Like I couldn't just leave my money sitting in this property. That was like rent money, grocery money, diaper money. (laughs) So she goes, I don't know about a 30 day blowout price. The realtor said this. She said, but I think you could probably get about 10 grand for this land on the MLS. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm paying $285 to make 10,000. So I thanked her for her time. I told her I'd call her back. I had to talk to my wife. So before I got done talking to Emily, my wife, uh, she calls me back and goes, hey, would you be okay if I bought the land from you? And I was like, sure. What are you offering? She said, $5,000. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Okay. When do you want to close? She said, uh, let's, let's close on Wednesday, four days from now. I said, okay, send me the contract. I called my seller back. I said, I'll take the land for $285. Can you meet me on Tuesday? I'll pay you on Tuesday. Bring me the deed. He said, sure. So I paid him on Tuesday, got the deed, brought it to the title company, picked my check up the next day for $5,000. And that's exactly how I did it. I got lucky. I called because I had no clue what I was doing. I, I was humble. And the second one went about just that well too. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's a question. Why did the C- retired CPA who had this land that was a pain in his butt, why didn't he just try to sell it to a realtor or just go down that road? I'm going to answer with a question. Why does anybody join the military? I don't know. Um, because all I can figure, and I didn't ask the CPA because I was like, oh my God, I don't want him to know it's worth $10,000. Yeah. All I can assume now doing over 287 parcels of land since 2015 is people aren't, aren't emotionally attached to it. He was not emotionally attached to it. He was like 80 something years old. Mm-hmm. The 285 I don't know. He might've been taking his granddaughter out for the weekend. I'm not sure. Um, no clue, but people all the time, I'm like a, I'm like a pawn shop for land. You come and you want to, you want to get some money for your Rolex watch. It's going to be easy peasy, lemon squeeze. I'm going to give you 50 cents on the dollar and you're going to walk out with, with cash and I'm going to have your Rolex watch and I'm going to sell it for retail. That's exactly what I'm doing with land. I'm just a quick, easy, convenient, speedy option. Right now you've done a lot of land deals. How, how many times have you been stuck with one longer than you wanted to be? You know what? Um, a couple times, actually, I got a little cocky about the 10th or the 11th land deal. Um, there, and I got, I'll tell you a story. I was looking at a piece of land in Woodland park, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I, I say, looking, I looked at the ta- the tax assessors. And before I knew what I was doing, I, I used to pay I used to send out offers. I call my LOLs. Um, so I always send out postcards as well as what I call land offer letters, LOL. And I'll give that uh, to the listeners too. It's the landsharks.com forward slash LOL as in laugh out loud. Um, I would send offers for like 50 cents on the assessed value. This is the beginning days because I didn't know how to figure out what they're worth. So I just looked at what they assessed. The, the county said it was worth, which is really what they taxed it on, which doesn't even matter but I was sending them out at 50 cents on the tax uh, value and a lady signed it and sent it right back to me. And I said, okay, I'm getting the land at 3,300 bucks. The County also says it's worth 33,000 and the assess was 6,600. So I was like, this is a no brainer. So I, I went, gave them the check um, that night. They gave me a quit claim deed. So they just stopped uh, claiming it and now transferred it to me mm-hmm. and come to find out. I never looked at the land until I sent the realtor to list it, um, the realtor is going to list it for like five or $50,000. Um, but when he got there, the photographer's like, man, there's a huge crater in the ground. Like this is, this is not a good piece of land. And then to find out after we actually got a buyer willing to, <laughs> willing to buy this huge hole in the ground, he was going to build a house on stilts. Huh. Come to find out there was a cloud on the title because this person bought it through a tax lien sale. So they kept paying the tax liens I was talking about a little earlier. And finally it became deed eligible. Um, basically all that means is the deeds now able to transfer to the tax lien purchaser. And it's a foreclosure process where they, where they take ownership of it. And the county treasurer will write you a new deed. It's called the treasurer's deed and it's clouded for nine years. So my buyer is like, no way I'm not buying a clouded title because I can't get title insurance on it. So I was like, just, like, oh my God, what did I do? I just wasted 3,300 bucks. And I was still in the military at this time. Yeah. And I hadn't, I wasn't like, I didn't have tons of savings. I paid off my cards, my credit cards and all that. Um, but I was like, man, 3,300 bucks, I can't lose that. So the biggest, stupidest mistakes I made, it still worked out because I had, I had a tool in my bag that I could use and that's seller financing. So I put it out there on Craigslist. My realtor canceled the listing on me. 
um, put it out there on Craigslist for exactly what I paid for it. And then I would take a couple hundred dollars a month at 0% interest. I had a buyer within a few weeks. Um, this was about a six month process, by the way. Mm-hmm. I had a buyer in a few weeks. I was willing to pay me a couple hundred a month. So I got my money back, but also another learning lesson. I didn't lose money. I may have lost a little bit, but that's probably the worst deal I've ever done um, to where I should have lost money. But there was things that I was able to try, which was seller finance and allowed me to get it back. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the difference between doing this with land versus trying to do it with doing it with a house. Yeah. I mean, I love houses. Uh, we, we actually buy houses. We flip houses. Um, I've actually got two houses right now on the market uh, for sale and they're great. Uh, but I'll say that the, the, some of the major differences is, you know, land is simple. I can do this. I live in Florida. My, my main land business is in Colorado and Arizona. So I can do this virtually. Now I have a team set up out there. Um, but it's also the sellers. The sellers are way less emotional about it. Mm-hmm. They've never laid their head in that house at night uh, or on the land at night, I should say, or they inherited it or it was passed down to them. Um, so they're, they're way willing to more willing to just, you know, unload it faster where uh, to, to the other example, where someone's lived in a house for 30 years, they raised their four children, uh, they, 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 their marriage was in that house, and they, they want, they're emotional about it. They want to get the most amount of money as possible for it. It's just, it's just I feel like it's, it's an apple and an orange. And then everybody is like competing to get these stinky, dirty cat pee houses, and no one's going after the land. They drive by it every day. They have no clue what to do with it or how to make money with it because there's no buildings on it or, or mobile home parks or, or whatever the, the way people think to make money or rental houses. I make money on land because I get it at a crazy discount and then turn around and sell it to someone for a profit. That's it. Yeah. I'm laughing because I've bought a few cat pee houses myself. So <laughs> exactly. That's money. That smells and, like money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and one of them when you walked in the place, fleas were just jumping all over you. It was that bad. Oh, great house yeah. where you got to throw your shoes away after you leave. <laughs> yeah. And my acquisition, I have two acquisition managers now on my team. I don't do this alone. I couldn't do this without my amazing team. Um, and people ask, well, how do you hire someone? That sounds so scary. You, you know what? You know, when you find the right person, it's like getting married, you know, when that person's the right person mm-hmm. and you could hire people. I just had to fire someone just the other day. She just wasn't the right fit for my company. Not because she was a bad person, but I built a team and my acquisition managers, what I was getting at with the story is they would rather buy a land because they don't have to go and sit on a dirty old couch and talk to the seller. Not that, And that's why they're good at it. They will talk to sellers. They care, they serve, but they don't have to throw their jeans away whenever they leave a piece of land or, <laughs> you know, yeah. get off the phone. <laughs> okay. So talk about the land sharks a little bit. Um, you, you, you do have some, some coaching and some courses available in learning how to play this game of flipping vacant land. Yeah. I appreciate that so much. Um, yeah, I, I went through a lot of trials and, and errors and, and I just gave you like two of the hundred mistakes that I made. Um, and I ended up hiring a coach actually after I'd, you know, made a ton of money uh, with land because there was, I knew there were systems and processes and procedures I could put in place and building a team that would give me a lifestyle design uh, that allows me to, you know, get on these podcasts now 
But uh, the coaching that's uh, called the Land Sharks, um, I come out came out with a course that gives people the step by step action of how to how to buy and sell your first piece of land, how to create a business around it, and then we also provide the support, the weekly support, the the like the actual place to get questions and answers because uh, there's a lot of courses out there, but that's it. You got to run with it. You got to like what we offer is you know we offer also someone that can ask us questions and. I'm still doing land deals. A lot of these uh, courses don't have that. And I'm not knocking them. We, I just saw that was a need in the market when I went through personalized coaching. I had a one-on-one coach and I've taken many courses um, and it's done well. I've had students, I just have an army, he's an army captain um, and it's uh, gonna be on a wholesaling eight podcast, but this army captain is making about $100,000 a month net profit flipping land and he's still a company commander. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it almost like almost seems too simple, too good to be true. Darn right, My, I I still think it, and I've done almost two hundred eighty-seven land deals. <laughs> two hundred eighty-seven. Have you ever had one where like, like somebody comes back to you and like, okay, yeah, I got a million acres. Do you want to like? It was just like so over the top, you couldn't believe it. I have an eleven hundred acre parcel. We're trying to figure out how to buy. We've already bought the guy's four acres, and it was for one point two million dollars. And I brought in some investors to help me with that one. I wasn't sitting on 1.2 and mm-hmm. the seller actually is holding a $600,000 note for us. No payments, no interest for 12 months. Um, but he also has 1100 acres. Um, but yeah, that's probably the biggest one. And it's like, it's almost like we evolve. Like I started with the $200 parcels mm-hmm. and you know, so I'm not really sure how to take on this 1100 acre, but I know there's some developers that are interested in it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's cool. All right. So, um, if somebody's interested in some of your training courses or joining the organization, um, how do they how do they get more info from you? You know what? I just launched a YouTube channel about four months ago. I have a ton of videos on there talking about what I do with this, how to do it, um, and it's the YouTube channel is called Brent Bowers. So I would say check me out there. Very There's original. a lot of <laughs> lot of yeah. I'm a you know what? I'm a deep thinker. <laughs> As you can tell. <laughs> I'll check it out. So, um, all right, Brent. So, uh, give a little more detail on if somebody's interested in coaching or buying one of your programs. Yeah. Like, what kind of, how do you walk them along and what are some of the advantages? No, I appreciate that. If you're really ready to get started, I mean, definitely head over to thelandsharks.com. That's thelandsharks.com. Um, and as I mentioned, I'm a, I'm a wholesaling ink coach for anybody that's familiar with wholesaling ink out there. Uh, you'll you'll talk to one of our team members over at Wholesaling Inc. They'll see what your goals are, exactly what you're looking to do. And if we feel like we're a good fit, we'll bring you on board to coach you. And how the coaching works is, you know, the modules are, are lay out the step by step. So there's a lot of education out there. You know, we can figure out how to do this on YouTube and the library, but I'm not big on education. Um, You know, the military had two different types of officers, the guys that wrote the operation order and the guys that executed. Well, I'm not smart enough to write the operation order, but I could darn sure execute it. If you told me A, B, C, we're going to meet at this rally point, return here, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. I can always execute. So that's the way I've laid the course out. It's like, hey, pick your playground, pick your county. And then next, I'm going to show you how to get the list of people of landowners. And then next, I'm going to give you this letter that you need to mail this landowner. And this is what you say to them. This is how you buy it. So it's all laid out step by step. And then we do our weekly uh, 
Zoom support calls where we break down the deals, we 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 deep dive, we answer questions, and then we have the the group that you can go on and put questions on and literally get answers in the middle of the night sometimes by me, my assistant coach Bill Rafter. As and here's what's really cool is other students that are just go givers that just did a deal that want to give back, which is the best answers usually. Sometimes I'll just go, I'll just like that answer because I can't say it any better. So that's yeah. that's the way. It's a community. It's that's really awesome. a community. Hey. All right. Uh, well, Brent, we're getting close to the end of our time, unfortunately, but I want to give you the last word. Um, if you're talking from a perspective of entrepreneurship, you not only have you been flipping vacant land, but now you've started a business and running run an organization. If you're talking to somebody that's in transition, getting out of the military, looking to get into starting their own business or getting into entrepreneurship, what kind of advice comes to mind? Yeah. Uh, for those that, that are, are watching this, I don't know if this is on recording. It'll be uh, on YouTube but if you want to see the video. There you go. Check out the video. I've got a massive rhinoceros standing behind me. It's <laughs> broken through the wall. Rhinos always charge. They've got three inch thick skins. They're going to, they can take the torpedoes. And I got this from a book called Rhinoceros Success. Um, but just be a rhino. Keep charging. Like hit the floor each morning and charge. Have like have what you've got to get done that day. Like my wife just wrote a book and she's starting a podcast and she was downing herself. She's like, man, I got so many steps I've got to take. And I was like, well, you got to stop. You got to celebrate the wins. You got podcast episode zero done today. Celebrate it. It's a small wins. Like I didn't get a multi-million dollar business built overnight. It was a series of small wins. Just like you, Joe, like the first episode, you know, you probably have, I don't know. We, we, we can't look at the built play. Uh, we can't build, look at the built product. we got to celebrate the daily steps it takes to get that product. Absolutely. All right. Great advice, Brent. Um, one last time, if someone's, uh, how do we find you on, on the net? Yeah. Um, you know, head over to the landsharks.com, the landsharks.com or check out my YouTube, my YouTube channel, Brent Bowers. Uh, and if you're getting some value out of it, which I know you will subscribe. Awesome. <laughs> Yep. I'll check it out myself. Looks, it sounds interesting. So thanks, Joe. Uh, I appreciate you being here, sharing your entrepreneur success story. Look forward to your future success. Thank you very much. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.